Well, I'll tell you who's not going to wait to the midnight hour. Us. As of today, it is 100 days until our favorite time of the year. Halloween. You're listening to Halloween 365. The newest podcast on the block bringing you everything Halloween. 365 days out of the year. Seven days a week. All things creepy, spooky, crawly. You name it. I'm your host, Chad. And I'm joined today with my co-host. Oh, yeah, co-host, Justin. Sorry, I'm... I'm, I'm... <laughs> The midnight He's feeling it, man. You you can't not feel that. I mean, when when, when that Wilson hits, oh man, it's good. It's good. Yeah, there it is. Man, how how the hell are you today, Justin? Good. I'm especially good now. I know, right? All week long, you know, listening to oh, some ambiance and. And now old Wilson, he's giving it to me. <laughs> we, we've been talking about doing this podcast for just a little while now. Um, but now we're here, man. We're here. It's live. It's up. And I bet a lot of people are wondering, what the hell is this podcast going to be about? Well, here's the deal, people. We love Halloween. We've always loved Halloween. And we're going to give you an explanation as to why we're doing this podcast right now. How about this? Justin, hit us with a little bit of truth. I'm going to turn on some ambience here for us. How's that? How's that? We'll, we'll get some spookiness going. Set get a little bit of that. Set the mood a little bit. How, how about some some rustling of the leaves? Oh, little Yeah, a little crickets, you know? My man, what does fall mean to you in general? To me, uh, as a young kid, I don't know if uh, I would assume anybody that is listening to this, most of you probably can relate with the things we're about to say or the things we're about. For me, it started out as a child. It was a family thing. Everybody was kind of uh, into the uh, mystery of it all, the the Ouija boards, the 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 possibility of spirits crossing over and all of that interested me as a young kid uh but as i've gotten older those things still apply that's that's part of the core of american halloween but at this point now that i'm 30 it's it's (laughs) it's it's nostalgia um and i think that because of all of my good memories that i've years the nostalgia gives me a cozy kind of calming feeling um every time halloween as soon as september hits because how for me it's a season it's september 1st to october 31st well we'll say until november 1st and so it's like a for that entire stretch of this so that's that's probably hang on so closely and one of the reasons that it drove me into wanting to do this podcast what about you what about you my friend you know it's it's i can agree we grew up in a very uh small town uh, a small community where i feel like halloween was one of those things that it was it was celebrated as a it's an event it's not just something that 
you know, it's just a, a one-off situation, but we would get excited about going to the stores and seeing these unique costumes being put up and these, these mm-hmm. displays being put up. And, um, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like somewhere down the line, I, I guess I was always told ghost stories. I was always told certain things about my, 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 like my father, his, you know, his haunted house that he had supposedly lived in and all this crazy stuff all, all my life. And I just gravitated towards it. And, um, yeah, not to mention it, it is that nostalgic factor. It's, um, it's, it's something that I can't quite put my finger on. Um, not to mention horror is like my favorite genre of all time. Yeah. And taking that out of the, uh, the equation on my answer, just because that's for me, that's a given. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 several different things. It's it's hard to pick one, which is why I think it's such a good question because it's it's just unique. And I, I there's other people out there that feel just like us, and I encourage you and employ you to just come on down, listen to our podcast, give it a like, give it a listen, tell us leave us some kind of information of, as to what makes you gravitate towards this holiday because it's it's definitely unique. Uh it's one of a kind. And uh, I know it's celebrated differently from country to country, state to state, I would assume for the most part. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Celebrated completely different, no matter what is uh, uh, our version that everybody knows it as, is the American version. Everybody does it completely different. Somebody does something. But for the people that are listening right now that are getting ready to, to turn it off, I want you to know, before you turn off this podcast, if you've got this far and you're kind of like, ah, oh, no. If you get that feeling of whenever you first see stuff in Halloween stores, or if you see uh, a Halloween movie come on halfway through the year, you see Hocus Pocus, you see the Halloween series with Michael Myers, and you get the feeling inside of you, the overwhelming <clears throat> joy where you want to... Weird freaking reason, kind of like I do. And then people stare at you from afar. <laughs> if you, <laughs> if uh, you're into horror movies, if you're into Halloween in any version of the the holiday, whether it's Spanish or Finnish or German, anything, anybody that celebrates it, we're going to cover every single bit of that every week of the year. We're trying to hit all the bars. We're wanting to be your uh your your home for halloween and right now is the best time for us to jump in and start the podcast because we're on the 100 day countdown but we want to be doing this all throughout the year we're wanting to give you that touch of halloween spookiness your halloween long. destination station that's what we want to be that's what we want to be agreed yep and i i don't i i don't think that you're going to find better content honestly I think we're gonna we're gonna knock it out of the park. If you guys just hang with us, give us a shot. You're gonna be pleasantly surprised at what the content is that we pump out. Treat us like you would treat a Netflix show. You usually do one or two, maybe three episodes before you're like, ah, I don't like it. Well, agreed. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. that's the best advice I've got for you here. And we've got some stuff on the docket today since this is our opening episode we're at the 100 day mark we've got some stuff on our documents that we're gonna have to go over 
for people that already do know Halloween and people that don't know. We're here oh, to educate I just want to say you. something real quick. I, I don't mean to cut you off. I, I just want to put this out here. Not only is it the 100-day mark until Halloween, but did you guys know tonight is a full moon? It's probably not going to be a full moon by the time we op- upload this, but at the time of recording, it is a full moon. I don't know. I've already, seen, I've already just... seen the werewolves outside. They're out Ooh, there roaming worms. around. Man, they're out there. We we got to... Mm. It's either werewolves or the neighbor's German shepherd, but it's he's out there. I... Usually a little old lady. That's usually what it is. No, she's right in front of me. She's looking out her door every time I walk out. She's a little nosy, but that's not the point here. <laughs> We're out. It's a full moon. We're 100 days till Halloween. Well, you hear him howling around at your kitchen door. You better not let him in. No? No Werewolf of London fans? Okay. Uh, I'm all about <laughs> it. A... Oh, okay. I was wanting to know who his tailor was. Nah, me too. <laughs> okay, we got that nice ambient still rocking with us right now. We got a little bit of technical difficulties, I think. I think Justin might be muted. I'm not 100% sure. No, still, oh, yeah. There he is. There he is. There we go. All right. No, we're no, back. We're good. We've been back. Uh, so first thing, I think that uh, unless you're going to object, the first thing on our docket is to kind of go over a, uh, a rundown, a quick history of uh, Halloween itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, uh, we originally... We're supposed to be joined by a third member today. Uh, unfortunately, you know, time restraints happen, and we can't always make it work out. Um, the individual was very knowledgeable in the um, back lore of uh, Halloween, the origins and etc., things like that. Um, but, hey, we're going to improvise. We're going to bring you some information anyway, by God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've we've got... Tons of the info to bring to you, so let's go ahead and kick it off. Let's stop bumbling around in the dark here. The history of Halloween. I know that you've all heard it. You've all seen it. There's some things that you probably think are true that are not true. If you've got any questions, please feel free to send us questions on our Instagram, uh, which is going to be happy underscore haunting. You can find us there. Uh, You'll see us post up the podcast. So anything that you've got to ask, any comments, remarks, and then we'll get to it on the next episode. But the history of Halloween, Chad, the history of the origin, which is not Halloween that we know now. Obviously, it didn't have the name Halloween. Uh, Most of everybody knows that it's an ancient Celtic festival. Some people like to pronounce it Samhain. They've got the the spirit of Samhain, but it's really pronounced Samhain. Samhain? I did not know that. Yes, it's like Sal a Lord of the Rings hyphen in exactly. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like one of the one of those pissy uh, orcs that was <laughs> roaming around and man flesh. Exactly. that's not that far off. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But uh, Samhain or Samhain, if you are uh, Celtic, the the Celts that were around two thousand years ago. Obviously, there's still people that claim to be Celtic now, but Hmm. around 2,000 years ago, most of them in the area, which is now Ireland, um, they celebrated Samhain or Samhain, marking the end of summer and the harvest, the end of the harvest. 
mm. beginning of the dark, cold winter time of the year. And that was also associated with human deaths. Okay, so I did not know that. Yes. That's, that's new to me. So, I'm learning. Well, the Celts believed that on the night before the New Year, which would be All Saints Day, which would be November 1st for them, mm -hmm. uh, that the a.k.a. Halloween, the 31st, that the boundary between the world of the living and the dead became blurred, um, almost as like a transitioning period. We're going into the part of the year where things are starting to die. So you've got this transition period where you've went from a bountiful harvest, a bright summer, and now everything's going dark and things are starting to die. So this transition period at a certain point on Samhain and in between Samhain and um, All Saints Day was when the veil was the thinnest, which is where, if anybody out there has heard uh, the 13th, yeah. from because the the theory is that there is an hour that time almost kind of stops in between 11 p.m. and midnight the transition from Halloween to November 1st and that that is when the veil is the thinnest that's when your ancestors are going to be visiting if if you are in uh, uh, celebrating El Dia de los Mortos they they do the exact same thing it's the, it's the time when the veil is the thinnest and everybody's able to start transitioning over, whether it's good spirits or bad spirits. Obviously, the Celts thought that most of them were bad spirits, and that's the reason that they would set out their gourds that they had carved faces into and set out lanterns to ward off any of the evil spirits. Which was the original pumpkin, basically. The jack-o'-lantern, to begin with, correct? Right, uh, no jack-o'-lanterns at this point in time. That wasn't until they came to the U.S., but yes, same. that's the whole. That's where the same whole concept. tradition came from. See, that's really interesting. I wonder why gourd? You know, it's like such a strange-looking... It's, it's, a, it's a vegetable, right? Fruit? Fruit? Vegetable? Vegetable? Vegetable. Vegetable, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just such a strange-looking <laughs> vegetable. It's like... Why? Why gourd? And you know, I was always told too, the thirteenth hour is when you would turn into a pumpkin if you stayed up past uh, a certain time period. When you're a kid, of course. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's. Well, they before they even started doing the gourds, they didn't even do that to begin with. Their main fear for the Celts were that uh, the Celtic deities were returning, and coming to destroy their crops, uh, coming to destroy the things that they had around them on this on this night. So this is something that they were afraid of. Uh, they were afraid that ghosts and the dead returned to Earth and were destroying their, their harvests. Um, and that resulted in them doing... Um, to the Celtic Oof. deities. Uh, they even wore... Uh, the costumes were made up of uh, animal heads and animal Jesus. skins. They attempted to tell each other's fortunes during this time, which is why we've got uh, fortune tellers tied into the Halloween tradition. Okay. Uh, okay. They would 
after the celebration is over, they would relight their hearth fire, uh, which that they had extinguished earlier in the evening. So basically what they would do, they would have a big bonfire while this is going on, before they started lighting lanterns. And then they would, before they would go out to the big bonfire uh, with their the animal heads and the skins and stuff, they would extinguish the fires that are in their home. They go out to the bonfires to have their celebrations with their costumes to try to ward off the Celtic deities, sacrifices to them to appease them in their costumes. And then, after the celebration was over, they would take some of the sacred bonfire back to their home hmm. and relight their hearth fire in their house to help protect them for the rest of the winter. I was going to say, I wonder if that brings some form of protection along with it. That's interesting. That's Right, because the, the whole bonfire is sacred because they're out there doing their sacrifices. They're, they're giving everything that they've got to these sacred deities, and then they're taking a part of the sacred fire, bringing it back, relighting the fire in their homes, and they believe that this was going to keep them safe all mm. through the rest of the, the harsh winter that was coming because, you know, you've got the crops that you grew, and that's all you've gotten your whole winter you're hoping that the spirits look kindly upon you and all of this transitioned into halloween of course there's some periods where it it moved in between uh different religions like the uh, the roman empire when they conquered the celtic territory they ended up taking some of this tradition the celebration of san samhain and they, uh, what would be the correct word? They molded it into their society. Yeah. Because they would commemorate the passing of their dead in late October. So this was just something else that they could just move into their society because they just took over the Celtics. They took everything away. Um, well, they were taking everything at that right. point. So, I mean, what's one holiday at that stage? Which, that brings the Romans, as I said, they, since they took over the Celts and they started taking up this, this celebration of Samhain, there's something that's interesting that came out of this that is a staple for Halloween. Have you ever wondered about bobbing for apples and why that was always been... Yeah, what's up with that? Like, I always thought that was just some sh crappy carnival game. Um, I'm trying to keep it PG here, people. <laughs> so, <laughs> I always thought that as well. Uh, whenever the Roman Empire molded their traditions in Samhain, uh, they, at one point in their original celebration, they would celebrate the Roman goddess of the uh, Pomona. Mm. And the symbol of Pomona is the apple. Isn't that Simba's friend? <laughs> no, it could be. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, but that is why we for apples that has to do uh. with how the romans were trying to um establish the roman goddess of peace which is you know crops for them uh okay so, into so. for apples practice and then see it's just a big pot of traditions yeah especially since it's probably come to america it's hard to tell what kind of weird weird traditions that we've um, incorporated into everything since then. Um, Snuffed out uh, whenever it tried to make its way over to America. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
because you know, of the the Protestants. Well, I was going to say, you know, I wonder during the Salem witch trials and things like that, was Halloween even celebrated back then? It was like, not. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a border. If we're thinking about the original third, not trying to get too historical on everybody here, but this yeah, is still yeah, yeah. Halloween. Um, if you think about the original 13 colonies, from Maryland up, there was no celebrating of Halloween because of how Protestant that they were. And this is before they started doing the Salem witch trials. They didn't want any part of it. They knew that it had existed because, you know, the Romans and the Celtics, all that, or anybody ever came to America. So this was something that they were already used to. They've seen it done. They've seen the bobbing for apples. They saw the bonfire. They've seen the gourds lit, things like that. And they knew that people were going to bring these religions with them. And even though that they all came over here for freedom of religion, they were like, hell no, no. Yeah, yeah. Devil magic here. <laughs> so, <laughs> There'll be none of that. Yeah, exactly. So they, they just Maryland cut themselves up. off. Very, uh, the sh uh, not the Shining, the Village-esque. Um, just, just, nope, don't want to see it doesn't exist right well yeah. the the only colonies that really even celebrated halloween during those times were the southern colonies virginia being one of them mm. ah that's interesting so the state where we grew up mm -hmm. has basically i don't want to say always celebrated it but but they, they were one of the first to basically welcome it with arms wide open is what you're saying in in a way, it's not. This is still not the Celtic festival that everybody else. Correct. It was out dancing naked with animal skins <laughs> yeah. uh, near the well, fire. I, mean, I was, but uh, <laughs> after a couple of drinks of that apple cider, we <laughs> we were doing more than bobbing for apples, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but in the southern, the southern colonies at that time, the early stages of American Halloween was um, them doing plays and little parties. It, it wasn't like uh, the parties that you see on TV whenever they talk about colonies. Uh, they would have a harvest mm. uh, where they had different types of foods. The neighbors would come together and share stories of their dead, not of ghosts, but of the people that were in their lives that had passed. They would still, at this point, try to attempt to tell each other's fortunes whether it be through pyromancy uh, or pyromancy, which mm. is uh, trying to tell people's fortunes through fire, or uh, earth, using sand, soil, trying to tell people's fortunes that way with bones, things like that. That's also so something they had tarot that was... back then? Uh, yes, early forms of... Uh, mm. But, it, you know, very shunned upon. But they would yeah. dance and sing. Nothing really outrageous like we do now there were there weren't any costumes they did uh try to light different vegetables uh they would carve them out hollow not necessarily faces but carve them out hollow and leave them on their doorstep to ward away any spirits which all of that's come from that the celts used to have man honey get the tomatoes we're gonna we're gonna carve this some <laughs> bitch out so, grab the spuds <laughs> Halloween in Idaho, people. Get, get, the big, biggest, get the spuds. Get the biggest <laughs> spud you got in the kitchen. Or carve. Uh, Imagine the carrots. Rude. You just jam the the sharp end of the carrot into the ground, and you've got little faces carved into oh, it. Oh, dude, that's awesome. I think I'm going to do that this year now. now We're carving just... carrots. <laughs> Screw the pumpkins out there, everybody. 
Jesus. Oh man. But to to kind of wrap this up to kind of make it a little bit shorter. Um, as we moved into the 19th century, these Halloween traditions were still going on, hmm. uh, where they're still doing the, the the telling of stories of the dead and things like that. But at one point, there is a Halloween celebration where the kids aren't just doing the regular dancing, singing, let's stand in the middle of the street with everybody and tell cheerful stories. These kids saw it as a, a night for them to have fun like they normally do with the, with the music and the singing. But in a specific town in the U.S., they trashed the entire town. We're talking about flipping people's wagons over. We're talking about starting fires in the middle of town hall. Uh, <laughs> they're busting out people's windows and things like that, which is where Mischief Night has come from, the uh, night before Halloween, because this happened... And it wasn't just one time. This happened, and they thought it was a one-off. So they're yeah. like, oh, okay, those kids, we'll just make sure they don't do it. And then it happened the next year. And then it started becoming a tradition for amongst kids, you know, how you would tell your friends, oh, yeah, we did it last year. Let's see if we can do it better this year. That's, so, I've always wondered where that came from, too. So that's, yeah. that's interesting. That's where Mischief Knot would come from. And this name I am not able to find, but there was a woman that was in this town. And she is the one that we can kind of give modern-day Halloween the tip of the hat to. Because she got tired of the kids setting stuff on fire on her lawn and <laughs> ripping her fence up. So what she did is kids that would come up to her house, she would be watching out her window on Halloween. She was waiting for them. And as they would come up to the house ready to start throwing stuff and messing up her yard, she came outside and were handing them baked treats for oh. coming to her house. And she made it so that uh, she inspired them to start dressing up and turning it more into an affair. Like, oh, if you come to my house, inst instead of you, if you don't mess up my yard, I'll give you a treat for it. Ah, trick or treat. Which is where the trick or treat oh, comes from. It makes so it was, sense. It's a bribe. If you please God, don't set my lawn on fire. I'm going <laughs> to give you this sweet roll. Man, if you're a biggin though, and I'm talking a big boy back then, that sweet roll is going to it's going to take more than one to not set that yard on fire. Oh, but you you would you knew when he came. He was coming down the block. You could hear him breathing as he was coming. He was <laughs> And she was, "Oh, no, it's Carl. Here he comes." No, oh, man. It's Walter's boy, honey. Get the big old pan. <laughs> get, get the family size Snickers. It's that coming. turkey I put in the oven. Get it out now. <laughs> He's coming. Oh, we, we're not fat shaming. We're, we're not trying no. to. <laughs> man. It happened. Oh. Uh, we're talking. We're talking. The kid from uh, Matilda, the one that ate oh. that entire cake. Yeah, yeah, him. Oh, forgot his name. It escapes me <laughs> every time. <laughs> that's that's oh. where it came from. Um, See, it's it's just it's always fascinating um, to to hear stuff like that, and we're we're always gonna try to to give you guys um, a, a brief historical fact that 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 has happened throughout the, some cultures. Halloween or or similarity of uh, 
their Halloween throughout this entire podcast. As long as we're running amok, causing a scene, we're always going to bring you some kind of history. And uh, try to. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, man, that stuff I didn't know. So yeah, it, it's. I mean, it. It also once she started doing that in this town, which she probably doesn't get all the the credit for it because general story that eventually we would borrow European traditions and we would wear costumes and come to people's houses asking for food or money. It wasn't candy. They didn't have candy at this point in time. Baked goods. But it was like money and food. Yeah. We're bribing kids and other people. <laughs> Please, God, don't screw the town up. And that's where they started giving out different... Uh, treats and stuff so the costumes were more it. of like hiding their identity don't look at me you don't know who i am i'm i'm your paper boy and i'm also the guy that just lit a flaming bag of poo on your porch i wonder if that's where the get flaming bag roll. of crap comes from <laughs> search uh segment that i'll <laughs> <laughs> i need to know where did the flaming know. bag of poo oh man Speaking of treats, um, I have to ask. Well, we're getting ready to move on to a new segment here. A little segment that I like to call, uh, well, Trick or Treat. I have to ask. What is the worst candy? you have ever had on Halloween because there's some bad ones out there people and I need to know and I need to know so how about you guys give us a little insight hit us up with what you think your worst candy is but but Justin directly to you what's the worst candy you've had uh play off what you just said uh I hope none of you have gotten a mask from Silver Shamrock. And two, <laughs> yes, send us your worst Halloween candies that you've ever tasted. Uh, even if you can't remember the name, give us a description. I'm sure that we can find them out there. Happy underscore haunting Instagram. We'll read them off on the next episode. Come back. We may even do some polls here soon. Who knows? Absolutely. I try to get a little bit more interactive with everything. But yes, for me, uh, personally, worst Halloween candy, the one that I hated the most, and out there that are going to, dis- no, what am I saying? There's going to be people out there that disagree. You might not even know what candy I'm talking about. And maybe this didn't get, but I got sick and tired of seeing those little watermelon bastards. I'm talking about the PG. one. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. It's it's so hard. Um, uh, I for, for In advance... Um, forgive me, people, if, if I slip up with a few F-bombs or something like that in the future. I will do everything in my power to prevent that from happening, but I cuss like a sailor sometimes. Oh, no, no. Listen, you you you, you bring up the watermelon some stuff fly because that nasty <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so are we, are we talking about the one that had the um, – it was in red paper with little dots on it. It had no name on, on the wrapper. It had no name on it. Green green twist at oh, the end, Wait, right? it's not even watermelon. It's strawberry. It's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even have a name. You want to know why it didn't have a name? Because the company didn't want to ruin their friggin' name by putting I'm, it on that yeah. wrapper. They, they were like, well, we've already made a million of these, so we got to put them out. 
This is so, the same candies <laughs> that late. old dudes would have in their pocket with their change at church whenever you were a little kid. Oh yeah. Oh man. This is the this is the stuff that you see laying probably to this day if you go to a grandmother's house, it's going to be just chilling out in a in a a candy dish on their table and it's probably like 30 40 years old at this point. And the thing about it is if you were to buy the candy new because I don't even know what the I, heck it's called. I've but never if you seen bought it, it in new, the store. In the middle or is that just from it sitting in people's hot cars and then they give oh, it to God. you? Because there's always a goo in the middle. <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> intentional or it's not. It's a it's a surprise. Um I don't you know I've never seen it in stores. Like I, that's got me intrigued now. I'm like where does this come from? Hmm. Advertised. It's never it's been a, advertised. That it's I'm not a Snickers. Of. No, it's definitely not a Snickers. That's for sure. The Hershey doesn't <laughs> want to lay claim to the thing. What's your favorite candy bar, it, it, or just candy in general for Halloween? Like, like what's that as one candy a, where you're like I gotta have it? As a kid, um, loved getting the full size candy bars whenever you houses and they would give you a oh, size yeah. candy bar. Nothing beat that. And no matter what kind of candy bar it was, uh, as long as they didn't give me a Milky Way or that, that strawberry candy, I was good to go because I freaking oh, hate not a Milky, Milky Way guy? My God, I would throw it back at the house. <laughs> That's where you the flaming bitch. poo comes back. <laughs> I, I don't understand why the hate for Milky Way, man. I'm not a Milky Way fan. Mm -hmm. For me, it was... It was um, and Butterfingers were my two. Yeah. If we're talking chocolate, um, if not, then not Laffy Taffy, but it was still Ugh. Taffy. Uh, it was a flavored Taffy, but it was the small little square ones, and I don't think that it had the name of it on it either. They had a blueberry, and they had a a green apple, and they were just little square chunks of Taffy. If anybody out there knows what it is, let us know on our Instagram. Please, God, because it's going to escape me, and I'll never know what the taffy is. Yeah, I'm uh, not sure what that is. They had way more fruit than it. It kicked the airhead in the balls. Like, I mean, it, mm. it, you put it in your mouth, your balls were blown off. I remember Shout what, out to I, the unknown taffy. Yeah, I remember, like, the taste of it, and I remember the cubes, but I just don't remember the name. I, I want to say it was something that, like, from the Wonka company, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe because Wonka, uh, they originally had the Whatchamacallit, and that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But you never got those because they didn't have many uh, Whatchamacallits. Um, yeah, but yeah. the small taffy, little squares, kind of looked like the the square chunks of bubble gum. But this was, yeah, it was taffy, yeah. and it was always blueberry. It was always green apple, and it was always I think could have been watermelon actually. Blow your yeah, we'll just call it blow your balls off. <laughs> Blow your taffy. <laughs> it had so much more to kick than Laffy Taffy. It didn't stick in your teeth. You didn't have to use a flathead screwdriver to pry the sucker out either. Yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. We need to get them as a sponsor. <laughs> Blow That's your balls off, want. Taffy. If you're out there and you're listening, <laughs> and we know you are, we need a sponsor. Need uh, need Chad, what is yes. your least favorite candy that you got in your bag what what made you so, want to go and reach for the proverbial um, bag of poo yeah. i've got two um one of them is is universally hated i've I, I it's candy corn 
I don't like candy corn. I I love the idea of it. I love seeing it in stores. It's very nostalgic to look at. But for some reason, the taste of it is just not for me. And um, I I can't really describe why. I, I just I, maybe I I got sick on it like a few years I when I was a kid. I mean, I'm not stuffing <laughs> the candy corns. Yeah, uh, you know, the yeah. CCs, but that. that kind of hurts my soul that you said i know that. i know it well it hurts me because it's like the i feel like it's almost the mascot candy queen and and it kind of hurts me because i don't i don't want hate it when i was a kid uh, maybe, maybe something like that happened mess me up forever and uh the other one this one's probably going to be controversial as well uh a I hate Tootsie Rolls. I can't stand them. They they they, they hurt my teeth. That they just they I hurt mean, me. I was never enthralled by a Tootsie Roll. It, it, I got it in the bag. It wasn't one of the ones I threw out. It, it wasn't yeah. that strawberry. No, oh. but... I mean I would eat them. Usually I would give them to my dad or give them to somebody else. It's like here you go. I don't want this because they they could eat it, but I couldn't. Um, I just I don't know. They they always hurt my teeth and uh, yeah. That you take both of those and just just au revoir. I don't care. Uh, the the Tootsie Roll was a staple of treat bag for it was. Uh, Halloween. You always had one of those and a friggin' dum dum in your treat yeah, bag I, that people I, I, handed dumb, dumb. out to you. Yeah. Not not even um, not even the Tootsie Pop. No, a dum dum. Straight. My to favorite. The point. My favorite candy bar. Um, I love a Three Musketeers bar. Love it. I love the fluffiness of it. I, I love the. Uh, there's just something about it that really does it for me. Um, next to that would be a Twix. I love me a Twix. I didn't start liking the Twix until I got into my my older years, into my adult years. Honestly, I, mm. I didn't want to try them. Uh, I th- you know what? I didn't. I I have to admit. When I was a kid, I, I I avoided them a little bit just because for some reason they looked like they would taste like coffee, and I didn't like. You look like a what are those sweets the biscotto or biscotti the sticks that they <laughs> yeah, have the yeah. chocolate on them? They look like you yeah, dip it in your yeah. coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. that's that's kind of what I used to associate those with, and I still associate uh, Rolos and um, oh man. Those like caramel cubes with coffee. Um, I always associate it with coffee, and I know it's not like supposed to be paired with it, but I mean, I guess you could. Um, I don't know how you you do that with the Rolos. The Rolos are now in my top tier of treats. Oh no, I love Rolos. I, I'm just saying. When I was younger, I, maybe it's the color scheme. Like I feel like color schemes is something. It's a marketing tool. Of course. And you know where our eyes gravitate towards it. And it's like, man, I want that. I want it because it looks delicious. Reese cup, man. Orange and black. Traditional Halloween colors. Mm-hmm, Gotta mm-hmm. get it. Gotta get in there. Gotta get me a Reese cup. The little pumpkin ones? Mmm. Mmm. I'm so... Oh, yeah. Don't even... The, the, the holiday ones were the... And, and does it matter that they're in a different shape? You bet your... <laughs> unnamed taffy it does <laughs> you're damn right it does it, it does no i i agree um there's just something different about it 
uh, I, I love it. I love it. Same thing. I know it's not re- relevant to Halloween, but the same thing with Easter. I got to get me a Reese's egg. I have to. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. Hate me, hate me if you will, people. Uh, let us know what your favorite candy is. Let us know what your least favorite candy is. Let us know just everything, everything about the the the, the adventure of going out on Halloween night. And, and yeah, well, yeah. We want your, your candy bag. experience, unless you were one of those people that had like the uh, the arsenic in your um, Ooh, your yeah. <laughs> pixie sticks uh, from the seventies. <laughs> I'm sure that you've got a good yeah. tell, but let's let's not get any comments on that. If you're one of those, then Sam Hain help you. But uh Oh man. Well folks, moving right along to our next segment. This is a lovely little segment we like to call This Day in Horror History. On July 23rd, 1999, The Haunting was released theatrically across the United States of America, starring Liam Neeson, Lily Taylor, and Owen Wilson. Where's it was... Where, <laughs> where's my daughter? It, it's, it's one of those movies um, that used to terrify me as a child uh, when I first watched it. It's it's not exactly what I would say. Um, super scary. Uh, would you say that it's super scary? Uh, in our younger years, maybe you know, mm-hmm. just because of the uh, sheer unknowingness of the uh, the beyond. But now, no, no, I would yeah. say. Uh, feeling it's one of those feel good ghost movies. There, there, it is a feel-good ghost movie. It, it brings me a lot of nostalgia. I feel like it was probably one of the first movies I watched that I would put in the um, horror category. I'm pretty sure it's it's a uh, it was based on a novel. Um, if I'm not bad, I'm mistaken. I, I I can't remember for sure, but I'm pretty sure it was based fact off of on a that. novel. Yeah, yeah. You can fact check us on that. I'm yeah, feel gonna... free to call us out, guys. We we don't no, care seriously. to retract. It's, the only way you get better is to learn. And, oh, we're and... not experts by any means. No, no, we're not. We're just having fun here. We, we like to have fun here, guys. Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, uh, apparently come for your daughter, Chuck. F- from what I can see, uh, the story is a simple retelling of the standard ghost story. Um from just i guess tradition so there's nothing really too crazy about it it's just pretty cut and dry and uh, a fun fact here uh stephen king actually wrote the first draft of the script um and then it fell through and then mm. he actually took that script and reworked it into the movie rose red fun, Ooh, fun fact. yeah it's a good yeah. movie mm-hmm. uh, you know just real quick off topic i wonder how many things that he has written uh or tried to rewrite have fell through. How many things have has Stephen King pitched that we've Man. just not seen or read? Probably a lot. I mean, not to mention that, um, you know, he, he's probably a few times um, tried to take a crack at adapting his own work to the big screen, and it just didn't work out. Um, I know he hated The Shining, um, which is kind of heartbreaking to me because that's one of my favorite horror films of all time. Yes, and uh, it bums me out that that he um, doesn't like it. 
And I've always wondered why. Mm. It's a bummer. It's a real big bummer. <laughs> um, Stephen King, though, I, I'll tell you, uh, we, we do have a whole episode planned and, to be dedicated to Stephen King's works um, that I'm hoping probably in about five or six episodes in. It could come sooner. It really just depends on the way everything works. Uh, but yeah, we'll take it from there and, uh, who knows, see what happens. So, uh, yeah. Oh, moving right along here. Moving right along. Well, I feel like this has been a good first episode for everyone. Gave a little bit of insight on the insanity that is Halloween. The reason why we love it. Agreed. You know, all that good stuff. Before we sign off, though, before we get to that point, I do want to give a couple of quick birthday horror movie shout-outs mm. to uh, July horror movie actor birthdays. Uh, yeah, it is almost time. Mr. Sid Haig, July 14th is his birthday. Sid, also known as Cat, in case you guys were unfamiliar with his works. Also, same movie, Karen Black. Uh, she was also in the uh, House of a Thousand Corpses series. Uh, her birthday was in July as well, July 1st, 1939. Both old. My God, knocked the dust off of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Sid. I'm sorry. Oh, God, no. It's too and, soon, man. Has it even been a year yet? Uh, Jesus. I, no, not fully. And then oh. had a birthday in July that was a horror movie actress, uh, Heather Langenkamp. She was in a Wes Craven's The First oh. One. She was the main character. Her oh, man. This calls for July a celebration. 17th, then. 1964. Oh. Ooh. You, you shouldn't have said that. This calls for a celebration, guys. Hmm. <laughs> little Heather Langenkamp. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. She was also in A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream War. The best. In my opinion. Uh, I don't know. That. Arguably the, number two. The best of the sequels, okay? But, unless my thing else to add. Oh, guys, I, I don't. Um, Happy birthday to those who are still with us, and to those who are not. Happy birthday from the other side. That's the way that I look at it. Um, guys, this has been fun. Join us next week when we go into a little bit of uh, ghosts, spooks, specters, all types of things like that. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Ouija board. That, now that's something I'm ready to get into. And maybe, maybe I might just get or a, a, a reading done i don't know if i'll do it live on the air or anything like that but i might get a reading like a tarot card thing what do you think you think i should do okay. it i mean hey I'm, yeah. I'm off i don't know you started talking about it <laughs> you started talking about it and it's got me intrigued and uh i think i think i'm gonna try it i mean it goes All back right, to guys. the beginning of sam hain well guys tune in next week we'll be here 365 days a year, non-stop, it's always Halloween here at 365. Good night, everyone.